Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the next installment of the Guide to Existence. As always, I'm your host, Rabbi G. Now let us begin, my friends. This week's Parsha, Parsha's Vayakel. We are nearing the end of the book of Exodus, the book of Shemos. We have one more Parsha before we complete the book of Shemos, and we're basically summarizing now the the building of the tabernacle of the Mishkan of the sanctuary, the movable sanctuary, the portable sanctuary that that we built after being at Mount Sinai. And Vayachol means to gather together. This week's parsha, Moshe gathered the entire Jewish people together, and he said, "These are the words that Hashem commanded us to do." Six days we should keep Shabbos, and on the seventh it will be holy, Shabbos Shabbason, a Shabbos of Shabbos to Hashem. Anyone who does malacha is worthy of being put to death, anyone who does work. It's a big deal. Shabbos is a big deal. But why is the whole Jewish people brought together, gathered together this moment to hear about Shabbos? We just heard about Shabbos. Last week's Parsha, we learned about Shabbos. Why are we learning about Shabbos again? A second time, not only a second time, we also heard it, the Ten Commandments. Why do we keep hearing about Shabbos? Why is Shabbos so important? And right after the commandment of Shabbos, the Torah says, Lo Don't light fire on the day of Shabbos. So there's only one thing we know about Shabbos at this moment. Don't do work. Does anyone know what that means? What's work? Should you not go to work? Should you not think about work? What's work? What kind of work should you not do on Shabbos? Oh, you guys said creating, but that's because you knew that. But you wouldn't know that from looking at the Torah. All it says is don't do work, and then it says don't light a fire. So all I know at this moment is something called work and fire. That's the only thing. And if you read the whole Torah from beginning to end, the only thing you're going to know about Shabbos is not to light a fire. Specific. It's the only specific thing that's mentioned and something called work. And I don't know what work is. I'm not sure. Does it mean don't go to your job? Or what if your job is mine? Like to be a rage driver, can I do my job on Shabbos? Or do I have to never see you guys on Shabbos? All right. What exactly is work? And then very right after it says, and Moshe said to the entire Jewish people, this is the thing that Hashem commanded us, saying, take for yourselves truma l'ashem, take an offering and lots of ingredients that we've talked about in the past, gold and silver and copper and different types of wool and different types of furs and make a mishkan, make a sanctuary. So again, we already learned, we already had that commandment previously. What's the connection to Shabbos? Why are we learning about the sanctuary again? And this is basically a review, Parsha. Basically goes through all the different parts of the building of the tabernacle, which we talked about previously. And now it's being done. It's actually being built in this week's Parsha. It just goes through all the different parts, but this time they're actually being built. And the Parsha ends. One second. Let's get to the end. Everything was basically built. And then next week's Parsha goes through all the different clothing 
of the Kohanim that was that we also were commanded to do a few weeks ago. And now all that is being sewn and woven, right? And all the different parts of, of the, the vessels inside the tabernacle. And then it finally concludes at the very end. And Moshe finished building everything. And the Mishkan was filled with the covered Hashem, with the glory of Hashem. The presence of the divine presence dwelt in the Mishkan, and it was surrounded by a cloud, what's known as the cloud of glory. And finally, the work was complete. We built the tabernacle. So again, what's the purpose of the tabernacle? What's the connection here to Shabbos? Why are we learning about Shabbos again? Why were the entire Jewish people gathered together to learn about Shabbos? So what is Shabbos? Oh, and by the way, one more thing is that this Parsha takes place, Rashi says, right after Yom Kippur. The first Yom Kippur. What was the first Yom Kippur? So we receive the Torah. We received the Torah on. Um, does anyone know the date that the Torah was received? Just to go through a little history here, Torah was received on on in Sivan. On the 6th or 7th of Sivan, the Torah was given at Mount Sinai. That was the Ten Commandments. That's Shavuos that you were just talking about. The holiday of Shavuos commemorates the giving of the Torah. Then Moshe went up to Har Sinai, to Mount Sinai, for 40 days and received the, the tablets and was taught the entire Torah, meaning the laws of the Torah. And he came down on the 17th of Tammuz, 40 days later, and he caught the Jewish people in a terrible act we talked about it last, Parsha, the golden calf. And he smashes the tablets and goes back up on the mountain for another 40 days and prays for forgiveness. And his prayers are answered. And he comes back down on Rosh Chodesh Elul, the beginning of the month of Elul. And then he goes back up again for another 40 days. And this time he receives the second Luchos, the second tablets, which he carved himself, we talked about last week. And he comes down with those tablets on what day? Anyone? Forty days from Rosh Chodesh Elul. So Elul is 30 days long. Brings you to the month of Tishrei. So 30 days later is Rosh Hashanah, the first day of Tishrei. And 10 days after that is Yom Kippur. So Yom Kippur is the day that Moshe comes down with the second and final tablets. And that is why Yom Kippur becomes a day of connection between the Jewish people and God. Because that's the day that this cycle was completed. We begin again. We receive the tablets. And on that day, according to the opinion of Rashi, Hashem commanded Moshe to tell the Jewish people about building the Mishkan. The Mishkan began to be built the day after Yom Kippur. They began gathering all the parts and the pieces together, and they started building the Mishkan. And then they built the Mishkan for a bunch of days, and they finished the Mishkan. Listen to this. This is amazing. According to the Vilna Gon, they finished the Mishkan on Hanukkah. 
And then they didn't actually put it together until Rosh Chodesh Nisan, which is right before Passover, the second Passover. So after being in the desert for a year. So now let us understand um, what's going on here. So the Vilna Gon actually says that the mitzvah, the holiday of Sukkot, do you know what the holiday of Sukkot is commemorating? Does anyone know? Where we dwell in, yeah, so it's the harvest holiday. That's what it says in the Torah. Until suddenly it doesn't. Originally it's called the harvest holiday and then suddenly calls it Sukkot holiday. The, until now, before this point in the Torah, it calls it the harvest holiday. Coming up in the next few times that it's mentioned, it's suddenly called the Sukkot holiday. So says some sources, yeah, yeah. No, no. There's a no. That's a good guess. There's a harvest. You're right. There's every seven years there is no harvest. That's true. That's true. That's interesting. But there is always a sukkah every year. So what's the significance of sukkah? So the Talmud tells us the sukkah is is commemorating the clouds of glory, this divine presence that surrounded the Jewish people in the desert. But it's very interesting because the clouds of glory, the Talmud teaches us, left us when we when we worship the golden calf. On, only to return after we began building the Mishkan, the tabernacle, which whose the goal of the tabernacle was to bring the divine presence among us. We mentioned previously that the, the purpose of the tabernacle was to create a miniature Mount Sinai that would go with the Jewish people forever. According to one opinion, it was commanded all the way from the beginning that we should take Mount Sinai with us. According to another opinion, it was only after the sin of the golden calf was it necessary to create this box, this movable hut with, in which God's presence is revealed to travel with us. But before the sin of the golden calf, it was supposed to be revealed inside each and every one of us. We wouldn't need a temple. We would be the temple. But now that we lost that divine presence, we needed to start building the tank, the tabernacle. And only when we started that work did the divine presence come back. The clouds of glory, glory came down again. And do you know when that took place, that we started the actual building of the tabernacle? It took place on the first day of Sukkot. So Sukkot is now a commemoration of the return of that, of that presence of God. Okay. So let's go back to Shabbos. What are you not allowed to do on Shabbos? Now, you guys are all Talmudic scholars. You know so much about Shabbos. And you guys all said creative actions. What does that mean? What do you mean by that, creative actions? Creating something new, what do you mean? Oh, so Julie just said 39 malachot, which means 39 prohibited behaviors of work. So it doesn't say it in the Torah. It alludes to it in the Torah right here in this week's Parsha. It starts off saying, Ela hadavarim. These are the words that God commanded Moshe. And the word Ela 
is numerical value. Lamid, Aleph, Lamid, Hey. Lamid is 30. Hey is 5. Aleph is 6. It's 36. Hadavarim means the words. Devarim means words. That means plural, too. Hadavarim, the words, is an extra three. So you add three to 36, you get 39. So it's an allusion to the 39. But regardless, we have what's called the Oral Torah. And the Oral Torah explains the Torah according to the tradition that was passed down from Moses on Mount Sinai. And the Oral Torah, oral Torah tells us that work doesn't mean just that you can't go to work. And it's it, and, and I actually could go to work because my job of hanging out with you guys doesn't involve work. So what is work? Says says the Talmud, that's true. There's ways there's ways, there's certain ways uh to accept payment on Shabbos if you're doing a job that includes working before Shabbos. They can give you like a package payment, right? But um or someone could get paid for the preparation for the job that takes place before Shabbos. But thank you, thank you. Appreciate that. So we learn a tradition that these there are 39 aspects of work that we're not allowed to do on Shabbos. And where do we get those 39 things? They're not stated explicitly in the Torah. Only one of them is stated explicitly in the Torah. Which one? Fire. But the other 38 are not stated in the Torah. How do we know the other 38? We know them from this week's Parsha. From the fact that right after the commandment of Shabbos comes the commandment of building the, the Mishkan, the tabernacle. And we learned that the 39 categories of labor that went into building this temple are the 39 things we can't do on Shabbos. You get it? So Shabbos is intrinsically connected to the tabernacle, to the building of the Mishkan. So of those 39 categories, they break down in, into different sections. Some of them have to do with working the land because there were certain things that had to be grown in order to build the sanctuary, the tabernacle. And that has to do with plowing and planting and cutting different uh, things because there were certain spices and, and uh, ingredients that had to be grown from the ground for the, for the tabernacle. It has to do with um, the making of bread, which was one of the things that happened in the tabernacle, making of bread. Um, has to do with sewing, all the all the aspects that go into producing garments, from weaving, sewing, making thread, cutting, tying, dyeing, also the animal skins, slaughtering an animal, tanning an animal, um, cutting the skins. Um, what am I missing? Building. Construction, digging holes, cutting wood, measuring, and um, molting metal, cooking, baking, writing, because they have to write certain things, um, so on and so forth. So those 39 activities are essentially all the things that you can do that are creative besides thinking. So essentially... What you can do on Shabbos is think, learn, read, sing, eat, walk around. There's really essentially, although it's not in the spirit of Shabbos, 
There's nothing wrong with lifting heavy things. You can move around furniture on Shabbos if you really wanted to. That's not a creative act. You're not changing anything. You're not manipulating nature. You're just moving around what already is. But anything that involves bettering, improving, changing, transforming, or inventing something new, we don't do that on Shabbos. It's allowed, according to the spirit of the law, to move stuff around and clean up. But really, you should clean your room before Shabbos. And Shabbos should be a day of, really, of relaxation, contemplation, and appreciation. Relaxation, contemplation, appreciation. So do some more, do some more learning, reading, connecting. But yes. Essentially, technically speaking, you could clean up stuff, but you're not supposed to leave stuff over for Shabbos. Yeah, let's not get, let's not get too caught up in the details, but yes, that is correct. And at the end, we can ask technical questions. So. So another thing that we learned from the connection between Shabbos and the building of the Mishkan is that Shabbos, although the building of the Mishkan is learned from Shabbos, you cannot break Shabbos in order to build the Mishkan. Okay, so the building of the Mishkan and the building of the temple in the future cannot be done on Shabbos. Shabbos overrides that mitzvah. So, again, it's interesting. Why? I would think that if the Mishkan is the purpose of creation, is to bring God into the world, so why is why doesn't it override Shabbos? And to make the question a little bit stronger, is the work in the Mishkan, the stuff that we do in the temple, which is bringing something called karbonus, which are sacrifices or offerings, does override Shabbos. Normally, you're not allowed to slaughter an animal. You can't even kill a mosquito on Shabbos. But in the temple, you could slaughter an animal. Normally, you're not allowed to light a fire. But in the temple, there were fires that were burned on the altar. So work, when it comes to the work of the temple, does override Shabbos. So why doesn't the building of the temple itself override Shabbos? Okay? You got the questions? So what's the purpose of the Mishkan, like we said, is to bring the divine presence into the world, to build a house for God. So... The truth is, is that the sages teach us that these 39 creative acts that go into the building of the tabernacle are actually the 39 labors, so to speak, that God did when he created the world. That these 39 things are the physical manifestation of 39 spiritual activities that were necessary in order to create a physical universe. So essentially, the building of the tabernacle is a microcosm for the building of the universe. And therefore, just like God built for six days, the physical world, as we mentioned last week, and Shabbos is the seventh dimension, the inner space between the six aspects of physicality. Right, cis aspects of a physical world. Shabbos is the soul of the world that ties together 
all six, six aspects. So too, just like when the world was created, Hashem filled the world with spirituality. So too, when the tabernacle was completed, Hashem filled it with his presence. It's literally recreating the world, the work of the story of creation. And so during the week, we build the disparate aspects of the world. We're involved in these 39 creative actions. Even if you're not a farmer, we're doing all sorts of creative things. Most of our life is making the world bigger, better, different. That's what we do. That's what human beings do. In fact, we can't not do that. We're built. We're designed to want to build, want to make things, want to improve, want to be creative. And in a sense, that's our divine image, is that we want to be godlike. We want to create also. And that's what we do six days a week. We're busy with all the aspects of improving and building the world. Whatever job you have, somehow you're involved in fixing the world, designing, implementing, coming up with new ideas, or putting it into keeping things going. Like a lawyer might not be innovating anything, but you're at least keeping things going. You're keeping the system going that everyone else can do the work they need to do. Right? That's essentially what everyone's involved in five days a week. So why doesn't building the tabernacle push off Shabbos? Why why can't why doesn't building the tabern tabernacle why is it not allowed on Shabbos? If the tabernacle is essentially the purpose of the world, it's again to bring Hashem's presence into the world. That's interesting. So six days a week, we're trying to bring Hashem into the world. The truth is six, build the tabernacle. Ah, excellent. So six days, we're supposed to be building the world. Let me explain. The answer is, I think, maybe you're getting at this. Maybe you're starting to say something different. You could tell me when I finish. That for six days, we're building the world. Six days, we're building the tabernacle. That's what we're doing. Six days a week, we're being like God. We're building. We're creating physicality. But on the seventh, Hashem stopped. The seventh dimension, when Hashem filled, fused the world with spirituality, that corresponds to the Mishkan being finished. You can't build the Mishkan on Shabbos because the act of building is six days. The seventh day is the day when it's done. That's when the divine presence dwells in the sanctuary. That's when the tabernacle is completed, is on Shabbos. Shabbos is connecting to the world of perfection. Six days we live in a world of imperfection. We're there to try to perfect the world. On Shabbos, the world is finished. We have to focus on what we've already accomplished. Shabbos is a day to be grateful for what you have. Six days, you should also be grateful. But 
Six days you can strive for more. But on Shabbos, it's a day to stop striving and start appreciating what we already have. So the work that's done within the tabernacle pushes off Shabbos, meaning it, you can break Shabbos to offer sacrifices in the temple because that's the eighth dimension. That's higher than Shabbos. That's bringing, Shabbos is recognizing the spirituality that exists within the world. The sacrifices is bringing down new spirituality into the world or lifting up the physical world and push, throwing it up to the eighth dimension, which is beyond the physical. We've talked about many times it's the world of the miraculous. So fire, which is essentially what happened in the temple. They took animals, which represent the physical. They represent life force. They represent your own body, and they slaughtered them, which represents giving yourself up to God, and then they burned them. And in burning them, they took the physicality, and they literally put it back up. They took the physical and put it back into physical. They literally transformed physicality into, into energy, into spirituality. And that's why fire is the quintessential work that the Torah is explicitly telling us, the only one that's explicit, because it's telling us that the whole idea of work is the idea of transforming the physical. Fire is literally shows our unique human ability to harness the powers of nature. It shows our dominion over nature, right? That's what's unique. Human beings, fire is the first tool. And based on last week's class, when was fire invented? Anyone remember? Remember the Havdalah candle that we make a ceremony after Shabbos? Why? Because we said, yeah. Bring light into the week because the first fire was created by Adam. When? After Shabbos. That Adam lived in the Garden of Eden for the 36 hours, for Friday and into Shabbos. And during that time, he experienced the light of the original creation. It's called the Or Haganas, the hidden light of spirituality, with which you could see from one end of the world to the other. It's spiritual insight, spiritual light. And after Shabbos, the light was taken away from the world. So now Adam was left in a world of darkness. And his job was to go and rekindle the light, to bring light back into the world, which he started that process right after Shabbos. He taught us that you can't dwell in your failures. Adam sinned. They ate from the tree. They weren't supposed to do that. They, they, the, the spirituality was taken out of the world. But what did he do? He went back to bringing light into the world through our actions. And that light is even greater because it, it's something that we do through the darkness and through the, through, the, through the failures. It's picking ourselves up again and bringing light back into the world. Just like this week's Parsha, which takes place after Yom Kippur, after the Jewish people sinned with the golden calf, but they got the second tablets. And this one came about through their actions. And now they're commanded in doing Shabbos again. The first commandment took place before the sin of the golden calf. 
This commandment comes after the sin of the golden calf. And God is telling us, don't worry. You messed up. You messed up big time. Now you have to rebuild. Now you have an opportunity to become partners in rebuilding the world and rebuilding yourself. Now comes the commandment to build the tabernacle. And don't forget, there's a Shabbos. I'm telling you, get Shabbos. Even though you sin, you still have Shabbos to reconnect to your true self. Like we mentioned last week, connect to your deeper part of your soul, which takes place on Shabbos. So it's never too late to start over again. So Shabbos, fire represents the antithesis of Shabbos because fire is all about us rekindling the light, rebuilding the world, changing the world, bringing light into the world to repair for the things that we broke. But on Shabbos, nothing is broken. You have to know this, my friends. Listen to this story. There was once a, uh, a teacher, a rabbi, who came to speak to a group of kids who had fallen away from Judaism and were involved in all sorts of terrible things, drugs, addictions, re- really, really sad, unfortunate stories. And the rabbi took out a $100 bill and he showed it to the kids and he said, who wants this? $100 bill, and all of them raise their hands. These are teenagers, right? And then the rabbi takes the dollar bill, $100 bill, and he crumples it up. He says, now who wants it? And they all raise their hands. And then he takes it, and he throws it in a pile of mud, and he steps on it. They said, now who wants it? They all raise their hands. He says, why are you all raising your hands? They said, because, Rabbi, it's still a $100 bill, no matter how dirty it is. He says, ah, and you, no matter how dirty you feel, no matter how much you've fallen, No matter how many bad things you've done in your life, you are still a Jewish soul. You are still precious as you were the moment you were born. Nothing you do in this world can ever take away from your true inherent beauty, spirituality, perfection, purity. It's all within you. That's the power of the soul. And yes, your body can become dirty. But Yom Kippur is a day to clean yourself off. And right after Yom Kippur, we get the commandment of Shabbos because Shabbos is a time to remember that you're always clean. You never weren't clean. That was all an illusion. That was all external. That was your clothing that got dirty. But you, you are beautiful. That's the message of Shabbos. We live broken lives. We're very disconnected from ourselves. We're thrown into a million pieces, and now with technology, a billion pieces. We're thrown all over the place. We can't even concentrate. We're involved in this, that, and the other throughout the day. We're talking to one person on one platform and another person on another platform. We're trying to have a conversation with someone in real life while eating our lunch and completing our work, and we get nothing done, and, and everyone only gets 5% of our attention. It's, it's, it's a tragedy. Our our personalities are all disconnected. We play many different roles when we're with our boss, when we're with our friends, when we're with our spouse, our kids, our parents. Who are we really? Shabbos is a day of unity, a day to return all those parts of us, all those roles, all those pieces that are disconnected, bring them back together. And this is who I am. This is my true identity. Someone who's pure and beautiful and spiritual and connected. And that's the message of why Shabbos in this week's Parsha was taught by gathering everyone together. Because when we're united, 
When we're united, nothing can destroy us. The Talmud says the temple was destroyed. Why? Julia, you know this one? You've said it before. Baseless hatred. The temple was destroyed. The second temple was destroyed because of baseless hatred, because we were disconnected. We didn't have unity. When we're united, nothing can destroy us. And that's the message of Shabbos, because Shabbos is a day of internal unity, of being united with yourself. And when you're united, when you're truly connected to yourself, nothing can disconnect you, despite all the hardships of the week. And believe me, we have many. There are so many disappointments and failures and challenges in a single week. Just think about it. Think about my own week. I've had like five or six or ten this week. Every day. Dozens of challenges. Things that push our buttons. Things that trigger us. Moments when we fail, we do the wrong thing. But when we reconnect to who we really are, it gives us the strength to overcome those challenges and to rebuild ourselves after we've fallen. And that's the message of Shabbos. Oh, it's never too late to return to yourself. Every single week you have that opportunity. How do we hold on to the spirituality of Yom Kippur? Unity, coming together with each other and with ourselves on Shabbos. So that's, I believe, the message of Shabbos. We learn, in summary, the 39 prohibited activities from the building of the tabernacle because the tabernacle is a microcosm for the universe. And just like God stopped building the universe on Shabbos, we stop building the universe on Shabbos. We stop focusing on the external. We focus on the internal, the soul of the world, which is the goal of the Mishkan, which is to bring God's presence into the world, the exact same message as Shabbos. And Shabbos is a day to connect to who we really are to connect to each other. So if we can do that, then nothing can stop us. We have the strength to overcome all the hardships of the next six days of the week. Thank you all for listening. And now we have time for questions.